Welcome to the Thrive Church weekly message. We hope you enjoy this podcast and we pray that it blesses you. For any information on this sermon or our other resources, visit thrivechurch.co.nz. Good morning and welcome to church. So good to have you out here on Daylight Savings Week. Well done for the sleep-in and getting here. Uh, well, it's sort of a virtual sleep-in really this morning, even for you 11 o'clock service people, because it's really only 10. Don't we know that? Good to see you. Hey, if you're visiting with us or new along this morning, we just pray that you really get blessed today. Man, this church is full of incredible people. How about you just look down your row, say hi to your neighbour, just give them a high five. If they're, if they're good looking, ask them if you can. No, don't do that. Um, just say hi. Handshakes will do. Pets on the shoulder. You never know. You could be fu- sitting next to your future husband or wife. That happened for me. Actually, on my first time here. <laughs> 20 odd years ago, almost. True story. Yeah, yeah. So good. Hey, um, just a wee initiative that we are taking as a church. Uh, Uh, Next week, uh, we're just going to help a family in need. Uh, This week, um, a home on White Street, um, just over the road there, uh, burnt down, and everyone was safe, but a family has lost all their uh, possessions, as far as I know anyway, and... um, yeah, and so we're going to give as a church to that family, and so we're already committing some funds to that. But if you'd like to uh, get in behind that and support uh, that generous gift from us uh, to that family, then we just really encourage you to do that. And you can do that after the service at the, the FPOS machine. And so that'll be amazing. Um, we're all, yeah, we're all good about giving into places where people are hurting and just be a real sign to this, this family that we're really for them and with them and in the middle of their loss. So, yeah, that's really tough. Hey, at the moment, we are doing a series on God is good. And that's a really cool way that we can actually demonstrate, you know, how God's goodness is through us. And, um, yeah, we, we, can, we can be known by the love of God as a people. And that's how the early church were known. They were known because they loved one another. And this is that opportunity that right now presents itself. But we're doing this series at the moment called God is Good. This is our third week in it. And in this series, we just really want to open our hearts to the goodness of God, to what the Bible says about God. You know, the Bible says that God is love. He isn't just, uh, it just doesn't give a little bit of love here and there, that actually the thing that motivates him to do anything is love. It's not religion. It's not, uh, you know, it's not out of anger or judgment, but it's out of love. And if he is bringing judgment or justice, it's because he wants to see love Prevail. So that's what we're hooking into this morning, and uh, it's going to be good. You know, as a teenager, I did a lot of competitive racing sailing. That was my go-to sport on a Sunday. I loved it. I owned a few boats um, up until the age of about 24, and um, then I needed to pay a tax bill. And (laughs) see you later, boats. Um, And so that was a bit sad. But I loved sailing, and I learned to sail actually um, in Optimus. Has anyone sailed in Optimus before? Any other sailors? I see that hand and that hand. Oh, yeah. They were pretty cool little boats, and um, I remember as a 13-year-old, I learned to sail actually on Picton Harbour, and so that was really amazing being out there taking my little boat in the sort of like the 
the ferry going past, going like, I hope I can make it in front of this ferry. <laughs> and, and so at times it was a bit scary. But man, I remember this uh, race one day, and it was a really uh, cool race. It was a great win, and it was really cool because I'd actually ended up with the awesomest boat um, that you could borrow. It was called the Skater. I still remember it had a picture of like a skateboard on the side. And if you got that boat, you like you knew it was going to be pretty cool. And so I ended up with that boat that day, and I remember having an epic start. I got around the, I got over the line first. I got around the top uh, mark first, and I was heading down to the the bottom mark in first place. And then suddenly, there was this massive gust of wind uh, that hit me. We're on this awesome reaching angle, so you're almost planing. Uh, but you can't really play an optimist because it's just not enough sail. Uh, and, and, but it got me. I don't know how it didn't get anyone else, but it got me anyway. And I just, I just nosedived. I just capsized, and they even took a shot. And that was pretty much what happened to me. And, it, and I remember just uh, in the water next to my boat as all, these other, all the other, like I was in first place, and I was in second place, and I was in third place, and I was in fourth place, and I was in 20th place, and because there was a lot sailing that day. And I remember just not finishing that race and spending the rest of my time just bailing out the water. <laughs> like, that was like a big bath when they capsized those things, and I was just bailed out the water. And, um, but over the years, I actually uh, I improved as a sailor and I was chosen to represent Canterbury in a boat. Um, but um, I didn't, you know, it's another story. I didn't compete in the end. But anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. And I improved though. I improved. The more I did it, the more I improved. And I learned to understand uh, the weather patterns. I learned to understand the conditions and how to read the wind, and I would watch the water. A good sailor learns to like, you know, be watching the water and watching the, 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 the conditions behind them. And so you're prepared uh, for catching the wind as it comes your way. And when you're sailing, you're actually looking for these darker areas of water. You're looking for the choppy water because where the choppy water is, there's a disturbance and the wind is on that water. You're not looking for glassy water at all. If you sail into glassy water, you can get stuck there. But a dark patch of water, it meant that there was a gust of wind on the way. And so you would prepare, I'd hike out, I'd get in position. And then so when the wind hit my my sail, I was, uh, I, was, I was ready. I was ready to harness that thing. And I was like, whee, choo, go, win, victory, medals, uh, and all that. And, 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 but if, I, if you didn't prepare yourself, if you weren't watching for that darker patch on the water and it hit you, you could just find yourself capsizing and you would be in trouble. Do you know, when we know what we're looking for, we can, uh, when, we know that, when we know what we are looking for, we can capture and harness that power and turn it into success. Let me say that again. When we know what we're looking for, we can capture and harness that power and turn it into success. Do you know God wants to position each one of us in life so that we know what we're looking for, we know where He is moving, and how we can actually harness His goodness in our lives. And we're going to just dive 
right back into uh, Genesis chapter 1 again this morning. We went there a few weeks ago as well. And we see here in Genesis chapter 1 that the Spirit of God is moving. And we see here that He has actually moved into our world for the first time after He has created it. It says the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the water. Isn't that awesome? The Spirit of God was moving over the water. And this, in this Scripture, we see that His presence was revealed by His movement. We see that something's happening because someone is there, that God wasn't stationary. The Spirit of God was moving, was, and it was, He was moving because He was about to bring change. He was about to do something over the water. And the sea, so the first thing that we see God doing with His creation is moving over it. I want to tell you this morning that God is moving over our world, that He's been moving for the last however many thousands of years the world has been here. He's been moving and He is not going to stop moving until He has finished completing what He has set out to do over our planet. And He is moving over our lives. He's moving over Rangiora. He's moving over your family. He is moving. And this morning, it's about getting prepared to catch what He's doing in our lives. So this first interaction between God and creation is there because the Holy Spirit is present and He is moving. God moves. Come on. So my message today, if you didn't know, is is God moves. (laughs) He is the ultimate initiator. And this morning, we're going to look at three ways that God moves. So God moves, number one. God moves before us. We're going to jump through the Bible this morning and just look at a few incredible characters and personalities and legends of faith that God actually used uh, to, 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 uh, to do great things with on the planet. So this dude called Abraham, Father Abraham, it says here that God told Abraham where to go in Genesis chapter 12. He says, God said this to Abraham, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you, and I will make you a great nation. Go. Get out of here. Get lost. Get lost in me. Get Go. I'm calling you to go. And it says that Abraham was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He's not a young man. <laughs> He's not a young man, but I love that because God never stops moving on us no matter what our age is. We can have a youthful vision and a youthful purpose uh, at the age of, of 40, 50, 60, 70, 80. You, know, you can feel old as a 25-year-old if you're not plugged into what God's doing. Like he is doing great stuff. So he went out. I love in Hebrews 11. This was a recount of Abraham's life like thousands of years later. It says this. So Abraham went out not knowing where he was going because he was looking for a city. He was looking for a city whose architect and builder was God. He was looking for something that God had done in front of him. He was going out believing that God had gone uh, gone ahead of him. Have you ever tried following someone that is behind you? <laughs> it's impossible. 
It is complete. You can't do that. You don't have eyes in the back of your head. You've got eyes in the front because we're called to follow what's in front. We're called to walk forward in life. And the reason that God told Abraham to go out was because he was going before him. He was going before him. Abraham was set up for an incredible game of follow the leader. (laughs) I want to tell you that your life is about following the leader. And if you think this morning that you're leading your life and maybe you're in a place where you actually are taking responsibility for your whole life, I want to tell you that that actually isn't the greatest place for you to be in. Because we're all called and created to actually follow someone greater than ourselves. And it starts with God. It starts with actually acknowledging and realizing that actually we're just created beings. We're here uh, because God put us here. He breathed His Spirit into us so that we could have life and purpose. And He wants to take us, and no matter what shape we are, no matter what giftings we are, no matter what graces we have, no matter our past failings, and because of His goodness, He wants to... He wants to lead us somewhere. He wants to take us. He wants us to follow the leader. And Abraham went out in faith, carrying a certainty that God was moving before him. I just want to share a little personal story this morning. That, and it really is about God moving in front of my life. And I remember it was about 12 years ago, and uh, I was just out praying, and that's a good thing to do. Who knows that? I like to go for walks and pray and connect with God, and it's just a good way for me to unplug, and, and I was just speaking with God, and I remember crossing the, the King Street and John's Road uh, roundabout intersection. As I was walking across, um, I don't know what God was thinking, but I just had this open-eyed vision of a printing press, and it was like, whoa, it's, I'm seeing something, God. What, what is that about? And I'd never seen a printing press in my life. And I just, I just knew that God was showing me something. And so I was like, what do I do with this, God? And, and I thought, well, maybe, maybe one day I'm going to have a printing business. Maybe that's actually why you're showing me this. What's the reason? You know, when God shows you something, it's generally there's a reason uh, involved. And so I just kind of always remembered that. And I parked that for about three or four years and thought, man, you know, when God speaks, you just never forget <laughs> as well. I just could never forget it. I was like, that was so random. I'd never had anything like that uh, in my life. And then, and so at the time I was sign writing and uh, youth work and, and that was cool, doing a little bit of graphic design and, and, um, and art as well, because that was my thing. And, and, um, and I met with this incredible coach who used to be a part of this church, uh, and he, he was just like a bit of a mentor in my life as a business person. And, and we caught up one day, and he was like, hey, what's going on in your business? Oh, it's, yeah, it looks like you need to buy one, or you need to like do something a little bit radical because you're just stuck in a bit of a rut here. He's a good guy just to push and get behind my shoulder blades and say, come on, go for it. And, uh, and I said, he said, you know, if you were going to buy a business, what would it be? And, and I said, well, I had this vision once, and it was a printing press. And, uh, and then I said, well, and I don't know anything about printing, so I guess it would just be like a photocopy shop, because that's like a, press the green button. 
you don't need much skill. <laughs> that was kind of the level of expertise that I had. And so um, that was cool. I went home and, and, uh, and then he rings me up half an hour later. And he says, hey, do you know there's a printing, uh, uh, sorry, a photocopy shop for sale in Rangiora? <laughs> I was like, no, <laughs> that's a bit scary. <laughs> like, what, what's going on here? And we went and visited the shop and it just felt like God was saying, I've gone ahead of you. And I just moved in, and I was scared as well because I'd gone from just a little bit of sign writing to being responsible, getting a business loan, and then I and I think for the first two weeks I went down the river and cried uh, because I was so scared, and I had to have staff, and what am I doing? And you know, but God was with me in that in that process, and then within a couple of weeks of being there. I found out that I had to move out of this premises because I'd bought it off another company and the, the landlord was like, you know, you are a squatter and you don't, you're not staying here. And so I had a couple of months to move out and I was like, God, this looks terrible. What am I, I haven't heard God. This is a horrible situation. And, and, and I had to, um, so I had to find a location within a couple of months and I just couldn't find anywhere. And then I was also going on an overseas mission trip with leading some young people um, over to Malaysia and, and it got down to to the week before I was leaving and I had to have something that week and I'd been up and down High Street looking in shops and real estate agents and there was nothing and I was like, man, I did really didn't hear God. <laughs> I was like, I thought God was moving ahead of me and he's just set me up for a giant train wreck situation here. Thank you, Jesus. And so, um, but what happened is I saw like a like on the Monday, I think I went into, and I saw there was a shop that was moving. And so I went in and I talked to the owners and I was like, you're leaving. Is this a space? Is there a cavity here for me? And, and they're like, no, sorry, someone else is moving in. I'm like, who? And, they, and, and so I went to that person and, I, and they were moving in there. And I said, so where are you moving out of? And they were like, there, but we're moving and someone's moving. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to find a hole somewhere to plug this business in. And I, and I, I found somewhere. By that Friday, I had a new lease signed up, and I was able to hop on the plane, I think a couple of days later, and uh, fly out to Malaysia, and, and I came back, and we set up shop in a new premises, because God moved ahead of me. But I had to engage my life with where he was taking me, and faith is spelt R-I-S-K. <laughs> you can't get away from it. That's what God's calling you. That's what we need to have to engage in God's goodness and the fact that God is going ahead of you. When you come to thrive, when you come along on a Sunday morning, there's this team that's gone before you. There's the setup team, like Gary Devlin's been here on Saturday if it's his week, and there's people that have been here early, you know, and hours before you at times, setting up and preparing. There's the worship team that have been here; they've been preparing and practicing during the week, and and then there's the host team at the door, and they're prepared, and they're, and it's all about creating this environment that carries the goodness. Of God, they've gone ahead of you to actually create an environment where there's great connection and where we can encounter the love of God. And that is really what our Sunday mornings are about. We want to prepare an environment just like God wants to prepare a, an environment, a destination, a, a, a purpose for each one of our lives. And it, and it is because he moves ahead of us. Back to Abraham. You remember I was talking about him a wee while ago? So Abraham and Sarah, they were in their old age when they moved out, 75 years. Abraham was now 100 years old. And this is now, 70, this is now 25 years since God first spoke to them. 
They'd gone out not knowing where they were going, and they finally arrived to that moment in time that God had prepared for them. And because they aligned their faith with God's moving before them, they gave birth to a son, and through that boy came the nation of Israel. And Roman 4 tells us this tension, and it zeroes in on this tension of moving in faith and in believing that God has gone ahead. And it says that they did not waver in unbelief regarding the promises of God, but were strengthened in their faith and gave glory to God, believing that He would do everything that He's promised. Like, if you're a Christian, memorize that verse, please. Because if you're following Jesus, you're going to go into uncomfortable territory. You're going to go into places of pressure where your faith is challenged with unbelief. And I love that that actually shows that Abraham had to walk through unbelief, but he did not waver in it. He walked on. He walked on in his faith. He got older. He got more, you know, decrepit on the outside. It looked like, how does a man of a hundred years father a child? Miraculously, it happened. The Bible says his wife was extremely good looking. So anything is possible when God is in the mix. <laughs> what has God promised you? What's He promised you? What's ahead for you? What are you aiming towards? How do you believe that God has gone ahead of you? What's your target? Because if we don't have a goal or a destination in mind, we're just coasting, we're just existing. God has created you for a, for a destination, for a cause, for a purpose, for a great cause and a great purpose. There's no one in this room today that God is not looking at and saying, man, you're a child of God. You're my son or daughter, and I want to take you somewhere in your life. The second God move is that God moves for us. God moves for us. You know, we don't have to do everything ourselves. <laughs> we don't have to carry every burden alone. Like God moves for us. The reason he goes before us is because there is a destiny for us. There is purpose for our lives. I love in Jeremiah 29, Jeremiah was a crazy Old Testament prophet. And it says, he said this, for I know the plans, like and he's prophesying. I know the plans. He's prophesying to a nation. He's prophesying to a people group. He's prophesying to individuals saying, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and to not harm you plans to give you a hope and a future. It's awesome. It's a great word, isn't it? So when Moses said to Joshua, Moses was the old dude. They walked through the, the, um, the wilderness. Yeah, well, they, walked, they came out of slavery. Moses led them out of slavery. And Moses is talking to Joshua, and he's seen God move ahead of him. He's seen God move with him. He's seen God move for him. And he says to Joshua, as he's transitioning his leadership to him, he says, the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He goes before you and will be with you. See, God had already prepared the land of Canaan for Joshua to occupy. He had a destination. He was going to move for him. In Deuteronomy 6, 
God is uh, declaring this uh, to Joshua, and it's so amazing. It says, when the Lord, because let me tell you this, like God has got an inheritance for our lives. When we're in Christ Jesus, he has got a reward and an inheritance. He doesn't leave us like flapping around in life. He's got a reward and an inheritance for our lives. And we see this played out in this nation as they went out of slavery and into the promised land. And he said this, When the Lord your God brings you into the land, he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you a land with large, flourishing cities you did not build. That's pretty awesome. Houses filled with all kinds of good things you did not provide, wells you did not dig, and vineyards and olive groves that you did not plant, then when you eat and are satisfied. See, God's desire is that each one of us would be satisfied. And he wants to to do that for us. (laughs) He also wants us to do it with him. But he wants to do it for us. He wants to give us good things because he's good. He's not going to give us bad things because he's good. <laughs> it all flows down, people. He is good. Turn to your neighbor and high five them and say, man, this is good news. He's good. He's got a good inheritance for me. See, before the Israelites could inherit all this goodness, though, they, they, had to, they did a lot. They actually, actually had to do quite a few things. They, I mean, even before they got into the promised land and took down the city of Jericho, which we all know the story where the walls fall down, they sent spies first to check out the city. They had to cross over the Jordan River out of the wilderness where they'd been for 40 years, and then they had to move into a new position. All the men had to be circumcised. What? You know, that was part of like the whole thing of of the old covenant. I love the new covenant. It's so awesome. You know, but it was like, we're cutting off the old because we're going into the new. There was something they had to bring separation uh, from the past. And that was an outward demonstration of how they were moving into something new. So there was a few things they needed to get sorted. And then they had to march around the city of Jericho. And they did that for seven days, didn't they? And they're like, God, you're leading us into something. We're We're following you. You're moving ahead in front of us. But uh, they still needed God to move for them. And God said, you know, give a mighty shout and have a praise party. And, and then the walls of Jericho fell down because God had to move for them. God wants to move for our lives. And I love how if you brought that analogy back to the wind, uh, looking at the wind on the water, like Joshua is always checking, like, where's God moving? How's he, how's he positioning me to catch the wind? How's he positioning my life to follow my Lord and Savior? And so we see this amazing de- demonstration of God moving for Joshua because he's aligning his life with God. I love this quote from Erwin McManus. He's amazing leader of Mosaic Church. He says, I am absolutely convinced that God is waiting for us to ask him, Lord, what is it that you could do for me? And I'm convinced that God is asking, what do you want me to do for you that you cannot do for yourself, that no one else can do for you? What do you want me to do for you that will be proof that I am God? What do you want me to do for you that will declare to the world that I am here? (laughs) That's audacious. What do you want God to do for you? What are you looking towards Him for? 
Are you trying to carry this life on your own? Are you trying to manage your own expectations and other people's expectations? And you're just tired because you don't realize that God actually wants to move for you. He wants to open doors for you. He wants to encourage you today. And that encouragement could be like, take a load off. I'm, I'm, in, your, I'm in your camp. I'm on your side of the court. I am working for you. It was awesome. I spoke to a pastor this week. Who knows that we, we would love our own church building. We currently lease this, and we're, we're believing that God has got a, uh, a church building for us. But I spoke to this pastor this week who purchased a new building on the east side of Christchurch for his church in the last um, six months. And the, the commer- commercial valuation on this uh, building was $6.4 million. This is quite a lot of money. And the other issue that they had uh, working against them is that they only had $1.6 million. So I was like, well, this is all I've got. I want that building. I'm going to put in my best offer. So he put in this offer of $1.6 million. And the building owners, they came back and they actually came back warm. They said, actually, we want to sell this. We want to do business with you, and then they saw God move miraculously for them, and they settled paying only $1.8 million for that property. That property was valued at $6.4 million. They spent $4.6 million less than the GV because God was moving for them. You know, come on, if God can do it to them, He can do it for Thrive Church. Come on can do it for us. What do you want God to do for you? You can just start simple. Just start, just ask him, what are you doing, God? What are you doing in this situation? It's a really good thing to ask him. I even, uh, we were going to have a baby one day. Her name was going to be Brianna. <laughs> it was that day. And I said to God, Hey God, what, what time's Brianna going to be born? This was during the afternoon, and I got this distinct impression of 8:13. And I was like, okay, that's random. I don't usually ask God those sorts of questions, but I just felt to, and I was like, hey Debbie, God said that the priest's going to be born at 8:13. And uh, then things escalated pretty quickly after that moment, and and um and we end up at Rangiora Hospital and baby Bri is born, and then the midwife leans out, looks at the clock and says, 8.13. Brie was born at 8.13. I was like, what? I've forgotten all about that. I was like, man, you know, it was just fun. You know, like God just wants to be in our world in the fun ways. He's with us. He wants to move for us and just maybe just start small or go for the, go for the like the, the 10 pointer, the whatever. But God wants to move for you. The last move is... Number three, and that God moves with us. God moves with us. He moves before us, he moves for us, and he moves with us. When Adam and Eve sinned, and they were banished from the garden because of their sin and their shame, and they disobeyed God, God didn't actually send them out on their own. God moved with them. He went out with them into the desolation, into the brokenness, and they were the thorns in the ground, and they had to deal with all those issues. But God went with them. He didn't stay in the garden. He left with them. You know, God is omnipresent. He is everywhere. 
You can't move out from his presence and you can't outmaneuver his presence. Psalm 139 says this, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your hand will hold me fast. I want to tell you today, man, that God is with you. No matter what physical location you're in, no matter what regrets you're carrying in your heart, no matter what emotional location or spiritual location, maybe you can't see God in the midst of your circumstances, but He is not run from you. He is with you and He is present in your situation. And He is asking you, will you look to me? Will you lift your head to me? Will you engage with my goodness in your situation? You know, I, I love Jesus' promise to disciples. And, and he, this was when he was wrapping up his ministry and he was commissioning his boys to go out and start church, you know, to set up the first Sunday services and life groups and do all those cool things that churches uh, do. And Jesus says, you know, I'm gonna, I want you to go and I want you to make disciples of all nations. And, and then he wraps it up and he says, and I will be with you always. I will be with you. You don't have to do any of this life on your own. You don't have to save the world on your own. You don't have to do the dishes on your own. I'm not going to stop. I'm going to be with you in every, I'm going to be with you while you're sleeping. I am going to be with you and I am for you. We are co-laborers with Christ. That's a good word. Turn to your neighbor and saying, stop, stop doing life on your own. Stop doing like, do it with him. In the New Testament, there's this another legend called Paul. And he came after Jesus had ascended and he was just amazing. He had an incredible encounter with God. And he was so passionately aware that God was with him. He wrote this in Philippians 3.13. He says, not that I have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take a hold of that for which Christ Jesus has taken a hold of me. And the essence of Paul's faith was that Christ had taken a hold of his life, that Christ was with him, that the presence of Christ was so tangible for Paul that when we look into his life, we see this man captivated by the cause of the one who was with him. He was just so enmeshed with the will and the purposes and the heart and the grace and the love and the freedom of Christ. And I want to say that that's not just Paul's experience. That can be our experience. Through grace, by grace it's been, we've been saved through faith. You know, it's an activation of accepting his grace. I got another Erwin McManus quote this morning. I love this guy. He said this, everything God does, he does to build in you the resolve and the capacity to overcome every obstacle and every crisis and every challenge of life. There are things that have held you for so long because you are so afraid and you don't realize the reason that God has not removed those things from your life is because you will not overcome them by him removing them. You will overcome them when you trust him and rise above 
them. There's this place on the globe, and it's called the Intertropical Convergence Zone. I know, right? It's this low-pressure area around the equator where the trade winds arrive from all different directions, and essentially they cancel each other out. So back in the day, it was incredibly dangerous for sailing ships to get caught there because they could literally sit in the water for weeks at a time, unable to escape due to the lack of wind. You might not have heard of this intertropical, can't say it, convergence zone, but you probably have heard of this term. Most sailors would refer to this place as the doldrums. The reason that the doldrums are so dangerous is because nothing moves. You know, we often stop and get stuck and stagnant in our lives because we have actually avoided confronting what God wants us to move towards, to grow through and rise above. I want to tell you today that God desires to move with us, and the catch is, is that we need to be moving too. We need to be going somewhere, and maybe some of us today need to face challenges with Him and catch His promises for our future again. It's time to start moving. It's time to confront those things that have just sidelined your life for years and actually say, God wants me to take this mountain with Him, not on my own, because God is moving in front of me. You know, the Israelites, they spent 40 years in the doldrums, 40 years in the wilderness, because they failed to see that God was moving with them into the challenges ahead. You know that the challenges that were ahead were actually in the promised land. It was the land flowing with milk and honey, but they had to do something to occupy that place. And God is all about getting heaven to this earth through our lives. Every every challenge that is coming your way is actually an opportunity for God to break through into your world. Come on. So if we're stuck, I'm going to wrap this up, in the doldrums of just existing with no momentum, God wants you just to take a small step this morning, I believe. And it may be just as a smaller step just to lift your heads. I love that scripture that says, lift, you, lift your heads, O you gates. Lift, you, lift your heads, everlasting doors, that the King of glory may come in. Do you know our vision is the gateway for our lives? And this morning, I believe that God wants some heads raised towards Him to receive His perspective on our lives, that He has gone before us, that He's going to move for us, and that He is with us today. Last week, um, Deb preached an awesome word, and she opened up the goodness of God and the story of what life was like before Christ in the Old Testament, and humanity's need for God to actually move into our world. See, before Christ, the Old Testament shows us that we desperately need a Savior because we are hopeless to save ourselves. And the Old Testament points to the fact that Jesus is coming and that He is our Savior. And then in the New Testament in Romans 5, 6, it says, you see, just at the right time, while we were still powerless, Christ died for us. I don't know what level of power 
you have in your life or powerlessness, but Christ died for you for this moment this morning. I just wonder if you just stand right now with me. Maybe you're here this morning and you just realize that you just haven't been moving. And you want to just get moving again. You want to start moving towards and with the God who is moving for you. Do you know God wants to do great stuff for our lives personally (laughs) and corporately? Because He's with us. He is good. I just want to take a moment right now. If you realize you need to surrender something to Him today, maybe you need to surrender the challenge that's been steering you down and got you stuck in a moment, stuck and parked in the doldrums. And it's like, I just, I don't want to be stuck anymore. I actually want to face that fear. I want to face that person. I want to maybe face myself. Maybe I need to forgive someone or let some offense go off my heart. Maybe it's my father or my mother. What? Maybe it was a boss, friends that were unkind, but all these things that we carry in our hearts can become roadblocks to moving with God. Let me just pray for you this morning. If that's you this morning, you just know I want to start moving with God. I need to move towards some stuff. How about you just lift your hand right now and just say, yeah, Glenn, that's me. I want to start moving again. Just lift your hands. We're just, there's no shame in this room, man. It's just, so good to surrender to God. He is only good. Let me just pray for you. God, I just thank you for every hand raised here this morning, right now in this moment. I just thank you that every hand raised and heart open and eyes lifted to you is a soul that you love and that you treasure and that you value, Father. And I just thank you right now that you would release the next steps for these people. The next steps to show them what you're doing and how to align their lives with what you're doing, God. I thank you that today, that Christ, you died at just the right time. And I just release and declare freedom from fear, freedom from failure, and faith to step on. Faith to step on with God. Faith to step on in life. Faith to step up and into that next season in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. You know, if you're here this morning and you're just like hearing this whole new dimension of what Christianity is about, what life with Jesus is about, it's about life and not religion. And you've never actually stepped into a connection with God. And that happens through Jesus Christ. The Bible says that the only way to the Father is through the Son. And at just the right time, Christ died for us. And He's giving you an invitation this morning to actually move into a relationship and a connection with His goodness, the heart of the Father. And if you're here this morning and you're like, Glenn, actually, I'll just, this sounds random, but I didn't come here this morning with this in mind, but I just, I believe that God is good and I want to walk with that goodness. If that's you here today, just with every eye closed and head bowed, I just want to ask you just to raise your hand and just say, you know, Glenn, I just want to do that. I just want to step into a relationship with Jesus Christ. 
I want to move into a connection and a friendship with a sense of destiny and purpose. Just lift your hand if that's you this morning. It's awesome. So good. We're just going to say a prayer together right now. We're going to just say this all together. And it's really for those who just want to open their heart to Christ. But we just want to support everyone in this room this morning. Lord Jesus, I open my heart to you. Please come and heal what needs to be healed. Cleanse what needs to be cleansed. Forgive what needs to be forgiven. Show me the reality of your love. I want to choose this day to follow you. Holy Spirit, fill my heart. Amen. So good. Hey, well, it's just been amazing bringing this message to you this morning. We're going to finish with a song. And if you've responded by raising your hand in every, any way, we'd just love to pray for you. We've got an amazing ministry team here. We believe that God moves powerfully through prayer. So we'd love to pray with you this morning. Thanks, team.